Good morning, Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Trip Prince. I'm the pastor on the north side. And today I want to focus on our reading from Hebrews chapter 2. This reading ties in with one of our psalm readings from Psalm 8, where you have a portion of that psalm quoted in Hebrews chapter 2. And so since the same text appears twice in our daily readings, it seems significant. It seems like the people who chose these readings wanted us to see this theme and pull that out today. And so that's what I want us to sit with. I'm actually going to read the whole of our Hebrews reading. So if you have a Bible and want to follow along, we're going to read Hebrews chapter 2 verses 5 to 18. Verse 5, Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels, but someone has testified somewhere, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, or mortals that you care for them? You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these words. We thank you for this reminder this morning that because of what you went through, what you took on yourself, the testing and the suffering and the death that you endured, that you are able to help us. You help us in our own places of testing, in the ways that we feel the effects of sin, the effects of sin and death. And while we do not see everything in this world as it is meant to be seen, as we long for it to be, as the author of Hebrews reminds us, we see you. We see you, Jesus. And so we are a people of hope. We are a people filled with faith, even in times of uncertainty. And so we thank you for these words. By your spirit, would you speak to us now through them, we pray. Amen. Amen.
Well, just a few thoughts of reflection today from what we've just read. As a bit of an intro, I have to say, as someone who has often struggled over the years to connect a certain passage of scripture with its exact chapter and verse, I find the author of Hebrews to be a great source of comfort because as they're writing and as they seem to be caught up in their argument, they can't quite remember where they heard the words that they are remembering, but they know that they are true and they know that they are significant. And so they include them. And so they say, um, someone has testified somewhere. (laughs) They don't quite remember where they heard it, but someone significant somewhere said these words. What are human beings that you are mindful of them or mortals that you care for them? You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Thankfully for us, we can find verses like these a little more easily than they could then. And so with a study Bible or even just a quick Google search, you can see that the author is quoting from Psalm chapter 8, which, as I said at the beginning, is why I believe the lectionary also has us today reading Psalm And so you see, I think in Psalm 8, the psalmist is inspired by the Lord. And that psalm gives us a window into something really significant. It's a window into human nature and really the purpose for which God created us. The reason God created us, the reason he created the world and how the Lord intends for the world to be. How he intends for it to operate and exist under his rule and reign. And so let's talk about that for a minute. I think though our own sin, our own sickness can so easily mask and often darken our ability to see clearly, what we need to remember is that you and I were made in the image of God and God means for us to collaborate with him in the right ordering of creation. You see this all the way back in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, which says this, Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So dominion is a significant word in that verse, but we need to hear this. Dominion is not exploitation. To have dominion over the earth for us as humans is not the exploitation of creation, but it actually is our working with God to see creation flourish just as God intends for it to do. And so I think the author of Hebrews is then reminding us of this. While we still long for that vision to be true, we long and wait to see that perfect rule worked out and played out in the whole of creation, what he says is we, we have hope that that's where this is headed. And why can we have that hope? Why do we believe that that very vision from Genesis 1 will one day be true? Well, it's because of Jesus. We see one person who has achieved the destiny for which humanity was made. We do see Jesus, as it says in verse 9. We see Jesus, and I think, therefore, you and I see this certain future, a future that we long for, the future that we pray for every day when we say, let your kingdom come. And so we can be hopeful. We can cling to that certainty because of Jesus, because we see his victory over sin and death. And yet we know that there is still much work to be done. There is still 
a sense in which we have not fully realized that promised kingdom, that promised rule and reign here on our earth, because you look around and you see our world suffers incredibly. We still see the weight of sin, the effects of death all around us. I think if anything, the past few months have only served to remind us of this. It reminds us vividly of what we sometimes are tempted to forget, simply that things are not how they're meant to be. I do not think, I've I've thought about this, I do not think it's an exaggeration for me to say that there is not a single person in the world affected by this pandemic in one way or another. It has affected our entire world to a person. And yet, I think even at a more fundamental, foundational level, there is not a single person who is unaffected by the pain and the suffering of sin and death, both of their own sin and of that brokenness that exists around them. This is the root cause of the death and the decay that we see in our world. And yet, the hope of the good news of Jesus Christ is that God sees that suffering. He sees that death. And when he sees it, he is not unaffected by it. But God is instead so profoundly moved by love and compassion that he enters into the mess and the chaos of our world so that we can be set free. And again, how do we know that to be true? Because it's what he does in the incarnation. It's what we see in Jesus. The author of Hebrews wants us to remember that truth today, that Jesus is the pioneer, it says in verse 10, the one who blazes a trail of freedom by tasting death for everyone in verse 9. But not only tasting death the way every human does, but Jesus tastes it and destroys it. He defeats it as a victorious conqueror. Look again at verses 14 and 15. It says, since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. That last phrase rings incredibly true for me this morning that we, all our lives, are held enslaved by the fear of death. Fear enslaves us. Fear oppresses us like a cruel master. Jesus takes that cruelty. He takes that death upon himself. Hear me on this. He takes it not out of obligation, not out of some sense of cosmic justice or duty. Jesus takes that cruelty and death upon himself simply and purely because he loves us. It comes from a place of perfect love and compassion. So Jesus becomes like us in our frailty and in our pain so that we can become like him in his glory and his power. That, my friends, is the heart of the Christian faith. That is the heart of our faith. This is the path to becoming truly human. This is the way that God works out his restoration of the whole of creation. It's how that vision in Genesis is 
becoming true day by day. And so as we close, I would just say today, whatever it is you are facing, however you still feel enslaved by fear, wherever you are most afraid or most vulnerable, most impacted by the brokenness of our world, remember through these words from Hebrews chapter 2 that Jesus willingly and in great love for you and for me entered into those places of brokenness. And so since he did, he has the power to set you free. And he longs to set you free, to free you from things that you may have struggled with and been enslaved to your entire life. Rest in that truth today. Invite the Holy Spirit in in a profound and new way to to remind you of what has always been true, that God loves you and longs for you to be free. And may he bless you today.